Welcome to the repost of my live stream. If you guys are new here and don't know, I have a YouTube channel where I do a lot of knife making tutorials, but on Sunday I also do a live stream. So this is for all you guys that want to listen on your phone or have other stuff to do or just don't want to look at my busted mug. My channel is called Dave Irving Invader Knives. Alright, enough about me, let's get to the clips. How's it going? Welcome to the live stream. Hope you guys are having a great day. Whew. Man, I'm going to cut it a little bit too close there. <laughs> but I think we're all up and running and going good. Uh, I've got the chat up and all that, so I've, I've actually got my monitor set in a different place so I don't have to keep looking to the side. It's like right here. So and if you're new here or you're watching the repost um, or even listening on the podcast, if you guys don't know, after the live stream, there'll be a link for the podcast. Last week's is up there and a few other ones. But next week will be up, or this week will be up next week. So I'm trying to do like one, maybe two a week of the back one to get them all up. Like I said, if you're new here, I like to talk about my passions and, and developing my passions and the skills and stuff like YouTube and, and using YouTube to promote it. What's up, Nick Riggy? What's up, Hidden Acres? All right, you made it to the live. So, yeah, so we, right now my big passion is cameras YouTube and knife making music is kind of always in my blood So I like to kind of talk about how I developed those passions. So that's why I kind of started changing from just My life to my passion because everyone has passions in life so We just need to find them and make them better and work on them and keep them going Whew. All right, so if you are watching the repost make sure to leave comments or even now, if you got questions or anything like that, make sure to let me know. I'll try to catch up and read them, but sometimes I get going on a rant and forget to. What's up, Bob Breeling? What's up, Billy Martin? Loderman? Hey, what's going on, guys? Man, a lot of people here already. That's awesome. See, that's that's the one thing I never even knew I liked live streaming and all that as a passion. And when I started doing it, I was horrible. If, if after you watch this live stream or whatever, you go watch... The first couple of them, they were really bad. Really, really bad. So now I'm starting to get a groove and getting the strive of what I'm doing and how to get this stuff moving. And that's what I'm talking about. Just finding your passion. And at first, it's not going to be good. And I, I say this almost every live stream. Finding people with like passions isn't very hard. So you just have to look. What's up, bootleg blades? Which is funny. Um... Someone commented on one of my old videos, and a couple live streams back, I was talking about, you know, like Casey Neistat and Simple Little Lives, and how when I first watched their channels, I didn't really, I wasn't very interested, but the more stuff they put out, the more I came back, and the more, man, I, I was hooked, you know, Casey Neistat's like one of my favorite YouTubers, and, and then there's other guys like Peter McKinnon, where I was hooked instantly. But someone commented on a real old video, like one of my first videos where I didn't even talk. I just typed a lot of this stuff in in balloons. And I saw this comment from Chip. And if you guys are new to this live stream or listening on the podcast, Chip is the guy that's been here for like four or five months who has now became one of my biggest supporters. You know, one of my biggest subscribers comments on every video and emails me and stuff and is always asking questions. But I had to laugh because... I didn't see this comment before, but it says, This music sucks. The video looks like a cartoon. I'm out of here. 
But then, for some reason, he came back uh, like a week or two later because I did see another comment where he wrote kind of that same thing where he's like, the music sucks, the content's great, but I don't like the music. And I told him, hey, man, my new videos are a lot better. And now he's been with me ever since. He's like one of my biggest supporters, like I said. If you watch that live stream a couple weeks back, that's what I'm talking about. You never know why people come to your videos, why people stay, or why people leave. So the more content you put out, the more people are likely to get to know you. And I even use the references when you see like a beautiful girl, or you're a girl and you see a, a really hot guy. At first, you're like really attracted to them. But then if you get to know them and they're really vapid or, or just have no heart or no soul, they just start becoming ugly. And look at me, like my arms busted, I got no teeth, all this stuff. But people are coming and staying because I have some personality or, or I try to make better content or I make stuff that I enjoy and I'm sincere about things. And my glasses are fogging up. I'm already getting excited. <laughs> I tell you, this live stream is probably more therapeutic for me than it is for most of you guys. But I just had to laugh at that because you start out as something, you're not going to be good. And, and I even went into the whole thing about, you know, everyone was, oh, I need a thousand subs. I need a thousand subs. But that first thousand subs, when you're building up, that's your clean slate to learn, to build new content, to figure things out. Because everything's going to be horrible at first. But as long as you keep doing it and keep doing it, it's going to get better. In fact, I was on Social Blade, which is like a YouTube subscriber and count, and, and it kind of gives you a grade, which I got like a C plus, which as a new YouTuber, I was like a C plus, wow, that's amazing. Like AVE has like a B, but he's, you know, I think it's a sliding scale because he's got, you know, over a million subscribers. He's like my favorite YouTuber of all time. If you notice, I have like 14 of his shirts. But anyway, so I was on there and in, in like June, like last June is when I really started studying how to be a YouTuber and studying what it takes to be a YouTuber. It's just like any other skill. It's just that. It's a skill. Now you can do it as a hobby and upload and share with your friends and share with other people. But if you want to be a serious YouTuber, you have to study what it takes, how to make thumbnails, how to just how to make it so people come to your content and stay. So anyway, if you look at it, if you go to that Social Blade site, it's like June. Like my growth from the year before is kind of like this, really slow. Then all of a sudden June is like, and it starts climbing like at a steady pace. But any of you guys that have been here for a while, you know when I hit it, when I actually made that goal, that's why I don't set goals anymore. And I hit a thousand subs, I hit a, like a mass depression and I didn't upload for a couple weeks. And it, I didn't even realize, I was like, I looked at November and December and all of a sudden it goes, you know, from June it goes like this and then November it goes boom and it hits down and then it climbs back up. And I was like, what, what What? happened in November? What happened in December? And then it hit me. That's when I hit that thousand subs. You have to keep making content. You have to keep working at it and keep working at it. Because I took like two weeks off and all of a sudden there's just like everything plummeted. So it shows you, you know, and I've gone into about consistency. Consistency doesn't mean you have to upload every day. You just have to consistently make better content and talk to your fans and all that. Uh, Billy Martin, you subscribe to uh, Bootleg Blades. Yeah, he does some good content, man. I, every time I watch his stuff, I'm laughing. He's come a long way in a short time. <laughs>
Like I said last time, it kind of made me jealous. I had to put in all this work. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Kind of on the thing of time and regret. I, the reason I said time, name this like time and regret, because time can be your best friend, but it can also be your worst enemy. One thing we have in this life is time, but we don't know how much. And being a patient person and, and actually taking the time to be like, okay, let me step back and learn this. It's a hard thing to do. Time can be your best friend because you have that time to work things out. But it's also in your mind, you're like, I got to get it done now. I got to get it done. I have to be the best. I have to be better. I have to be better, better, better. So you're fighting time because you're in a rush to get better. Or I mean, this goes for me. I've said this plenty of times. What I'm saying is not, when I say you, I actually mean me. Because I'm always like, oh, I need to be patient. But being patient and saying I need to be patient is a whole different story. And, and having regrets, there's a fine line between what you regret and what you look back on because some of these things that you did wrong might actually make you better instead of worse. And I'll be honest, I got this topic because I watched that movie, uh, A Star is Born, and when it comes to like sad movies and stuff, I'm fine. I have no problem with sad movies. Everyone has a sad story. Everyone has tragedy in their life or bad things that happen. But when it comes to inspiration and, and people excelling and, and finding their passion and having their passion take them to new places, man, it, it gets me. It, it, I mean, I, I'll be in, like, taking care of my mom and, like, America's Got Talent will come on and someone will be like, I made it through this and I never thought I'd be this person. And then they win. And I start getting all choked up and have to, like, turn it off because it's, it's like, affecting me. When I was watching Stars Born, when Lady Gaga would start singing, I mean, I would start bawling. And I don't mean, like, choked up, I tear. I mean, like, straight out bawling. Just because inspiration gets me every time. Every time. Because if you guys have been here for a while, you know, with my arm and all that, and I had a really bad part of my life and gave up a lot of things. And then I had my heart surgery, and I kind of came back out. So everything that has happened since my heart surgery is a part of my life I never expected to happen or never even dreamed of or even imagined. Inspiration really, really gets to me. But in a good way. It's like, it's not like I'm I'm bawling tears of of regret. Bawling tears like, oh, I didn't do this with my life. My life is so bad. I'm bawling like it just affects me so makes me happy, you know that. I actually took my life from nothing, and now I've turned it into a place where I'm happy, if that makes sense. And that's why I say, another thing about regret is, a lot of people say they regret things that were no choice to them. Like, I could say, oh, I regret quitting music for 15 years. I regret my life spiraling out of control and I doing nothing for 15 years or 20 years or however long it was until my heart surgery. But that wasn't a choice I made. Being the last person with my guitarist when he died. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose to have him die. And every time I'd go to play a guitar or something, it, it just hurt. And then when my dad died in 2001, he was my whole reason of playing music. So that just made it even harder. Quitting music and all that was not a regret. That was something that I had no choice in, if that makes any sense. Regrets, like they say, regrets usually aren't what you've done. Regrets are what you haven't done. And that's one of the things, because I hear a lot of people say, oh, I want to do this, but, 
oh, I want to, this is my passion and I love to do it, but, and people need to change that but into an and, like, oh, I'd love to do this and here's what I can do to make it. Instead of saying, oh man, I would love to make knives, but I work nine to five. Okay. I'd love to make knives and after I get off work, I'm going to take a three hour break and I'm going to spend half an hour working on knives, learning knives. But is not a good thing. The only person stopping you, and people get overwhelmed with family and two, three jobs. And I understand that. There's always ways to find what you're passionate about. Because if you could take, say you have a Saturday off and you're exhausted, but you go out and you work in the shop just a little bit. Because I'll be honest, when I'm doing my passion, like when I'm doing music, it takes all the stress away. I forget all my problems. And that's what a passion is supposed to be about. Oh, thanks, Blake Blake. You're getting sprayed. Man, when people make comments like, I get inspiration from you, or I made my first knife because I watched you, or, man, it makes all this hard work ten times worth it. And I was there. I remember commenting on, like, Ecom Knives and, and, and Weber Handmade or Red Path and all these guys and, and saying, man, I just finished this one thing because I watched your channel. And now that people are saying it to me, it just makes everything so amazing. And honestly, that's why I started doing the podcast or turning these into a podcast because not everyone wants to watch me. Sitting there staring at the screen watching me just ramble on and on is horrible. But if someone could sit there and put it on their phone or put it on their car and just listen and just get a little bit of inspiration for that day, man, that makes all... Money has no, no object when it comes to that feeling of... You know, that's that's my payment when people are like, yeah, I did this or I accomplished this or you inspired me to do that. That's better than any money in the world. Oh, I can't see. What's up, Stalking Wolf? Wolf Party? Once again, I'm, I'm rambling on and not reading the comments. I even moved the screen so I can look straight at it. But let me get into the carbon fiber thing. If you guys have been watching my last few videos, why I think I got so messed up by the carbon fiber. Now... In that first video where I'm on the disc grinder and I'm making the scales thinner, if you notice, well, I'm new to the disc grinder, so I've never used the disc grinder, but I was using the top of it. And if you watch that video, when I was grinding the carbon fiber on the top, it was spraying up and then coming back on me, which when I'm using, I'm used to using my 2x72 horizontal, so most of the stuff is being pulled away from me. So that was my first mistake. If I use the disc grinder again, I'm going to use it on the bottom so it shoots away from me. So, one mistake. Now I'm covered in carbon fiber and don't realize it. Then, I take a break and I go up and I lie down for a minute in my bed and watch TV. Big mistake number two. And I just washed my sheets like a week earlier. But for the next couple of days, I kept waking up and being like, why am I so itchy? Why, you know, what's going on? Is that carbon fiber that bad? No, you're just a dumbass and... Lay in your bed with clothes covered in carbon fibers. Yeah, it really ate me up. So that's why in the last video I was wearing pants I never wear, and the jacket, this jacket right here, because I want to be able to walk out the door of my shop, take everything off, shake it off, and not put it back on until I come back in. Carbon fiber, because when I did it on the tube, I, that, that last bit of carbon fiber in the last video, I didn't itch at all. And that's how it should be. I think it's just because it covered me so much. Plus... I used to work in construction. I used to build houses. And I'd be in the middle of summer laying down insulation. And basically, it's the same thing. Carbon fiber and insulation both have those fibers that get in your skin. 
And I always remember, no matter, I'd be up, you know, I'd be up in the attic, no shirt on, laying insulation. i come down with the garden hose, and this is why I always say, don't listen to comments. Experiment for yourself. So I experimented for myself and came out wrong. Because everyone's like, no, no, no. You don't use cold water. That closes up your pores. You need to use hot water so it opens your pores and washes out. No, 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 no. Man, it opens up your pores and the fibers go in deeper. And I should have known that. Stake number three. Never again after working with carbon fiber insulation will I put hot water on my body. Cold water. Close up them pores and wash it out. Now, this might be different. I mean, everyone reacts different to uh, stuff like this. Because I remember being up in the attic and I would come out. I wouldn't have one problem. My friend would be covered to the hilt. And just one little flake of fiber touches him and his whole body breaks out. So people react different to different things. Be careful. In fact, the first time I tried carbon fiber, I was like that. I was all covered because I heard so many horror stories about it. And then the second time I used carbon fiber, I completely forgot. And I was like, wait a minute. I just did carbon fiber and I'm not itchy or nothing. And uh, I never wore anything before, but... I think I jinxed myself because I kept saying, oh, carbon fiber doesn't really affect me. <laughs> well, it does if you cover your body in it and lay in your bed. <laughs> oh, man. Back to the um, regret stuff and all that. I, I, I've talked about my dad on here a few times, how he was CIA and a, a jazz bassist, but I've never really gone deep into it. When he was like 20, I think 20 or 22, he actually had to go to World War II, and he fought... In the war, he was army, but they said he said he was on more ships than most navy guys. I think he did like nine beach runs, you know, where they went right up on the beach. And but he said he was like an artillery guy, where he took down uh, weapons, dismantled weapons, and built weapons. He said he could build them like that. But he never really owned a gun after the war. There was never. I mean, I got my grandfather's civil or great grandfather's civil war gun here from my mom's side, McCoy. But other than that, dad never really had guns. We didn't even know he was CIA till after he died. It was 81, 2001, so I always had the older parents. But when I was like 10, 11 years old, he actually quit music. And I'd always say, oh, I'm never going to quit music. Music, I'll play music for the rest of my life. And he just said, since he had his main job, everyone's like, oh, you have to come and you have to play here for New Year's. You have to play here. And he's like, I don't have to do anything. Music is something I enjoy. You're making it into something I'm hating. And he stopped playing and, you know, spent more time with the family and all that. But then when I was 18, he had a quadruple bypass surgery. He had a scar all the way from here all the way down to his foot. Man, my dad just did not care. And I think that's where I get it from. He would be out there shorts, no shirt. I mean, he was the kind of person you could not stop working. You know, people would come over and like, how can you let your dad out there in the yard working? It's like, if we kept him inside... He would be depressed, and he'd be hating life. When he goes, I want him to go happy. I don't want him to go, oh, miserably stranded in a house and suffering. He was the kind of person, he volunteered for everything. Like, people now from uh, Mom's Church come over and help out. But, and I, at first I was feeling bad, then I remember my dad didn't even go to her church. But he went over there and painted the whole church. He went to my old school and painted the whole school. He would volunteer for everything and, and just work and work and work. But after his heart attack, you know, he would watch like war stories and stuff like that and just start crying. And I never understood it. I was like, oh, he must regret war. 
But once I started thinking about this topic and the whole thing about regrets and that, I was like, maybe it wasn't a regret. Maybe it was a huge turning point in his life. And it was just something he looked back on. It was like, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have this. Or Now, the music thing, I think, is something that he would regret. Because at the end, he would try to pick up a guitar or something, and he would start crying. But I actually got to jam with him, which was like the most amazing point. Because I had drums. And this, this used to be the music room. You know, I'd have drums over there, guitars. I actually talked him into coming down and playing my bass. And I was playing drums. Like, I didn't know how to play jazz drums. But he'd just, like, give me a beat, and I'd start playing. And, and he'd pick up the bass and started crying. But he powered through it, and then he started playing, and then everything changed. And, you know, it was, like, one of the highlights of my life. Sometimes regrets aren't really regrets. Sometimes they're just things that changed your life for the better. Like, I could say, oh, man, I regret, I regret my arm being messed up and having heart surgery. But look where I am. It is put me on a whole new path in life. You know, it has put me into YouTube and the knife. I didn't make knives before my heart surgery. I only owned a few. I didn't even really know what custom knives were. In fact, I've said this before. After my friend showed me, I went to Home Depot and bought mild steel thinking you can just make a knife out of mild steel. Regrets aren't always regrets. And, and it's true what they say. The things you often regret are things you don't do. Not things you do or things that are chosen for you. Because sometimes life puts you in situations that you have no choice for. Whew, man, I think I need to take a, a breath. <laughs> I'm ranting nonstop. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I wasn't bootleg blades. I wasn't laying in the insulation, but I was cutting it and putting it down. <laughs> so, yeah, it was all in the air. I was 20. I was a dumb kid. I, it didn't have... You know, at first I had a shirt, but when you're up in the attic sweating and it doesn't affect you, then, you know, it's like some people with poison ivy. I had a girlfriend where, uh, you know, we were out messing around in the in the woods. The next day I woke up, I was covered head to tail with poison ivy. She didn't have a lick of it on her. And it's like, man, what's going on here, <laughs> you know? There's certain things some people just get affected by and other people don't. And believe me, she should have been the one with all the poison ivy. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm trying to keep this clean, but, <laughs> oh man, I'm trying some new lighting, so my face might look kind of weird on this, but I kind of try to darken it. I'm, now that I got the live stream where uh, the audio and stuff is pretty good, and I got the camera working good, I'm trying to try different lighting setups now and all that. I haven't even touched my knife. <laughs> this was supposed to be hand sanding, but honestly, the reason I started doing the hand sanding thing is because there was only like two or three guys in the live stream and I had to do something while I was trying to figure out what to talk about. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get some of it done, huh? Oh, cactus needles. Oh, man. Woo-wee. <laughs> now, that's rough. For all you people on the podcast, Bootleg Blaze just said he has a story just like that, but it was with cactus needles. Oh, man. Yeah. I've The farthest I've been... Uh, from the East Coast is, uh, like Milwaukee. I haven't been down South or, I mean, I've been down South on the East Coast, like Florida and all that. That's one thing. My parents always had like a motorhome. Since I was six months old, they had a motorhome, an RV, whatever you want to call it. And I was on the road most of my, uh, weekends and stuff like that in summer. And it kind of, you know, for a long time, 
I always blame that for me being introverted. I was like, well, I didn't grow up with a social network or people and all that because I was always camping and all that. But most people would be like, you mean you traveled most of your life and, and that's the best thing I could ever hear? But to me, I, you know, that's back when, like I said, when you're younger, you make excuses. Oh, well, I'm like this because you blame everyone else. And that's what I was talking about a couple, or yeah, a couple weeks ago, where you get to this depression or you get to a point where everything's so miserable, you want to blame everyone for the reason you're like this. Oh, well, my parents were older parents. Everyone called them my grandparents, and that just messed me up. I don't take in the factor that they took care of me, and they, they were like the best parents I ever had, you know. Anything I ever wanted, they supported 150%. Any music, any BMX, skateboard, anything like that, they were always there. They were the parents that took, you know, they, they bought a station wagon so they could drive my whole team to practice, you know. But instead, I focus on, oh, they were older, and everyone called them my grandparents instead of my parents. You know, that's not their fault. And, and that's making excuses is when you get miserable and all that, it's exactly what you do. You look for everyone else's, everyone else to blame but yourself. I was the reason. You know, when I was going camping, like these guys in the military, my old roommate was a military guy. Any person he saw, he could talk to. He'd always make friends no matter where he went. All that time camping and all that, I could have been very extroverted because I was always meeting new people and always trying to figure out how to meet new people and stuff like that. That was me. That wasn't, oh, my parents did this to me because they took me away from my friends. No, because half the time my friends would go with me. But I didn't see that stuff. I just wanted an excuse. I just wanted someone else to blame other than myself. And it's easy to get caught up in the excuse game. I don't even know where I'm going with that one, but <laughs> regrets and stuff like that. You always have to look, is it really a regret? Is it really a problem? Is it something that might actually make your life better? I mean, at the moment, it seems like a regret. It's like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Oh, man, I can't believe this happened to me. So it always seems like it's a bad thing. But then three years down the line, you might be like, wow, that really changed me for the better. Or you might not even remember it in three years. And, and that's the whole time. I mean, is it your friend or is it your enemy? Because... I didn't even think of that. That's This is a new rant, but right when something happens, that time, man, it's the worst thing. And that's why people go into depression. People have suicide and all that because they figure, oh, man, I've got into this place I can't get out of. And I've been there. I've been there plenty of times. Oh, man, things are going to get worse and, and never get better. This girl broke up with me and, man, I'll never have another love again. And I'll, I'll never know what anything is. My life is just become nothing and I'm not doing anything. Well, look, I mean, when I got out of heart surgery four or five years, four years ago, I thought it was over. I had, I had accepted my life was over. I was weak. I couldn't move. But once I got out of that surgery and started walking, started moving, started getting inspired. And it was like, here's four years later. And this is the best time of my life ever. I've, I'm, you know, I've always worked hard, but I always worked hard for someone else. You know, nine to five. Well, when you work construction, it's more like 730 in the morning till dark. But, you know, and I liked working and I was always the hardest worker. I was always the first to work and the last to leave. And even though I was the carpenter or whatever, if something needed swept up, I would go pick up a broom instead of sitting around being like, oh, what do we do next? We're waiting for some joists to come. Uh, let's just sit here and take a break. No, let's go clean something else up or, or, or work on something else or, or keep busy. Because even if you're working at like McDonald's or something, if you sit there and do nothing, time is going to tick, 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 
But if you keep busy, time flies. See, once again, I'm ranting and not even reading the comments. <laughs> Bootleg Blake. Yeah, live streams would be... Live streams, I didn't even know I liked them either. Someone asked Bootleg Blades if he's going to start doing live streams. I think he'd be good at it. He's got a he's got a funny, quirky sense of humor. Every time I watch, I'm always laughing. Try it out. Just like you asked me about, should I do YouTube? Give it a try. If you don't like it, hey, move on to something else. It's kind of a hard thing because when I first started my live stream, I had like two, maybe three people. You just got to power through it, then promote it. Like I was telling you, Bootleg Blades, with your YouTube. Watch YouTube. Watch videos on how to do YouTube. It's about the end cards, the end slates, and all that. So people watching your videos will want to go and watch another video. And then that brings back to the whole thing. The more stuff you put out, the more people will find you. The more YouTube will promote it. You know, more people start coming back. Find your personality. See if they like it. But I've also talked about stuff that if you, if you don't think you like it or... or Something you'd be like, oh, well, I'm interested in doing that. Don't think you have to stick to doing it if you're not finding happiness out of it or it's not coming. I'm getting tongue-tied, you know, because like I said, I've used the example of guitar lessons. You know, I've been a guitarist, what, 35 years now. But when I tried to do guitar lessons, I just didn't have the passion for it. It just wasn't something I enjoyed doing. And I was getting more frustrated from it. So I stopped doing it. You know, I have that second channel where it's all my music. Any new music and stuff, I usually upload it there. And I did guitar lessons for probably two months and I stopped because I just didn't bring, it just didn't bring enjoyment from me. You know, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was like, oh man, I, I can do guitar lessons and, and people will come watch my channel because people want to do guitar and, and People want to learn guitars, and that's the wrong reason. Sometimes you do things for the right reason, sometimes you start thinking about money. Like knives and YouTube, if you're starting YouTube and you're starting knives and all that, become rich, I have, I've said this plenty of times, but that's not going to happen. Maybe in five years or, or three years, it'll happen, but it takes a lot to sell knives and a lot to make YouTube videos. These, you know, there's a lot of, it usually falls into like the creativity realm like art drawing music these are things you do because take a lot of enjoyment out of it you don't do them because oh i'm gonna get rich i'm gonna be a rock star i mean I, okay i wanted to be a rock star i thought yeah I, i'm gonna play music all the girls will like me and i'll become a rock star but no only like what one in a million that happens for the rest of us play gigs every weekend every couple weeks maybe two gigs and your little section of the country or whatever wherever you live you might get pretty big you have two thousand people come to watch your show but very few of them people go from there to being a rock star but it happens getting into things that you're passionate about usually aren't things that make you wealthy with money they make you wealthy and happiness and, and uh satisfaction like they say i've heard that saying too i say a lot of cliches but i say them because they're true Wealthy, being wealthy isn't about money. Being wealthy is about being happy. You know, the wealthiest guy in the world might have two cents to his name. Woo, we made it 40 minutes. <laughs> so I think I want to start wrapping it up. <laughs> you know, Bootleg Blake, bootleg, for the podcast people, Bootleg Blake said he looked at his demographics and it's mostly guys. I was surprised when I looked at my demographics and it said 34% women. I was like, no way. I was so surprised about that. That's awesome. But... Bootleg Blades and, and people starting out on YouTube, you got to think when you're looking at your statistics and and you're looking at stuff like that, you got to remember, it's like it's like with the gun laws. People always look to Australia. Look how gun laws, they took their guns away and there's no crime in Australia. Or there's no killings in Australia. Yeah, 
Well, if you read deeper into those statistics, until there was one mass murder, they had guns. And there was like, I think like 20 killings in uh, like 10 years. So if you do those statistics and it goes from 20 killings in five years to zero killings, that's a huge climb. But if we took away guns here and it went from, okay, 10,000 killings to 1,000 killings, that's only a 10% drop. Reading statistics, you have to know. Plus, Brulee Blade, you put out, what, like five, six videos, maybe 10? Wait till you get to 100 video. Then read your demographics. Demographics. I can't speak. Statistics are a good thing, a tool to use to see who your audience is and, and how you're doing and stuff like that. And, you know, what works and doesn't work. But it has to be a little bit of longevity. That's like saying, oh, me and my friend, you know, went to the store, he died. Now 50% of us are dead. Or so, you know, That's a little drastic, but something like that. Where if 10 of us went to the store and one of us died, 10% of us would, you know. Statistics, I see a lot of people on the left and on the right using statistics to their propaganda. Like all these gun laws, we've got to change gun laws because all these gun killings. But they don't tell you that has to do with suicide. I, I'm stealing this from Joe Rogan. I was listening to it yesterday. When it comes to people saying, oh, we got to take away guns because oh, there's a lot of things like cops that shoot other people, people that shoot cops, people that shoot themselves on accident. There's a lot of things in statistics that people don't tell you about. And it works for both sides. Oh, Trump's doing this good. Trump's doing good because he's done this, this, and this. You got to read into all that. And, and statistics are a thing that you have to give longevity to. I hope that that's a rant I'm not even planning on. <laughs> I'm starting to wind this down and got on another rant. <laughs> Thanks, Bootleg Blades. He said, I, I'm always have a good point of view or something like that. I'm having a hard time reading. What's up, uh, Derek Blair 4? Yeah, the, the massacre in Australia. There, but I think it was only like one. It's been a while since I, I, don't take my word on the Australian thing. I only read into it because everyone was using Australia as a reason to change gun laws. Now, I got to admit, I'm more, I lean more to the left than I do to the right. But when it comes to guns and gun laws, I've never owned a gun, but I am strongly for gun rights. A lot of people might not like to hear that, but, <laughs> but I'm a creative person. I believe everyone should think for themselves and have the ability to do for themselves and be themselves. But my dad always said, don't talk about politics, don't talk about money, and don't talk about religion. Those are the three things that are bad topics. All right. We've hit like the 45 minute point. I've gotten nothing done again except ramble on and on. I appreciate, man. Oh, SLG Foxy. I missed you. I, I didn't see you last week. It's good to see you again. Hope everything's going good for you. But I realized I was saying, man, I don't, SLG Foxy, you might be a woman, you might be a man. And I keep saying, man, you got to do this, man. So I hope you don't take offense to that if you're a woman or either way. Usually when I say guys or uh, hey, you guys, I'm, I mean, women and men, it's just rare to find women that are here. If you are a girl, I hope that doesn't offend you. Because that's the one thing about reading people's names, you don't really know their gender. So I'm assuming a gender. So I hope I didn't do that. Sorry if I did. Okay, so I think that's about it. The Amazon links are going to be up above. International links, UK, Canada, Germany, Italy, and I think that's it. Yeah. So if you're in those countries and you click on the link, it'll take you to your Amazon. The channel gets a little bit of kickback from it, but you don't pay any extras. Help support the channel. 
And of course, I've got them on my website. I've got one or two knives on there, and I've got shirts for sale. So any support from you guys, I really appreciate it. I'm not used to selling things, but something I have to learn. Thanks for everyone showing up. Make sure to comment in the repost or listen on the podcast if you're in your car and you have nothing to do. Oh, that's one little rant I meant to get on. Sometimes, like, these podcasts and stuff, like, I'll listen to Casey Neistat's podcast when I'm going to sleep because I have a hard time turning my brain off so it helps me relax and helps me sleep because it's him and his wife talking but there's other times when I'm listening to a watching a, a, a show or watching a, another live stream like this and I just won't feel like getting up and doing anything it's like man I know I got to go make those knives but I'm just going to sit here and do nothing and, and and I'll put it off and I'll do something else I'll, I'll read this or watch this and all of a sudden like one or two words or one little thing of inspiration like Especially watching Casey Neistat's videos. It's like that one little bit of inspiration. All of a sudden it's like I'm recharged. And I want to get up and I want to go make knives. And I want to shoot the videos. That's why I started making podcast, changing these into podcasts. Because I never know what little piece of advice or little word might strike some inspiration for you guys to be like, wow, maybe I will try doing this. Or maybe I will go and do this. Or, or man, it is time for me to change this and, and start working on this part of my life. If that happens, let me know in the comments what you guys think about stuff like that. Am I just a madman rambling? Does, does this stuff help? I know Bootleg Blake said it helps. Just that one person made my day. Back to the outro. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Uh, hope you all are having a great day. Great week. Let's let's get this week to have a good one. I hope this doesn't sound fake when I say have a great day. And, Welcome to the shop. Have a great day. I'm like, man, I hope that doesn't come off disingenuous because I see a lot of people saying it. My parents just always gave me morals and tried to teach me to look at the better side of things. In my head and by myself, I can have a lot of negative thoughts. But when I meet people, I'm, I try to always be courteous and it brings me joy. It's like, man, have a great day. Let's make each other's day great, if that makes sense. All right. <laughs> Back on more topics. I can't shut up now. <laughs> so thanks for watching. <laughs> oh man. I hope you all have a great week. I really do. And I, I'm sincere about that. If you only come for the live streams, I hope to see you next week. I'm going to be working on a couple more videos, getting these handles done, and getting on that heat treat oven. I got to get part two of that heat treat oven done. But keep getting all these more projects and building and building and building. Thanks for stopping by. This live stream is really building and it really makes me happy. You guys inspire me. Probably more than I inspire you. Just know that much. All right. Thanks for all the support. And as always, take it easy.